we showed you images of a woman who starved to death in Gaza. I'll show it again. This is Elham Joha. Many people are starving in northern Gaza. Northern Gaza is cut off from the rest of the Gaza Strip by the Israeli military. And people are being punished there because of their refusal to evacuate. Israel wants to create a buffer zone in all of northern Gaza, which is where the majority of the population of Gaza had lived, where the government was based, Gaza City being the largest and most cosmopolitan city in Gaza. Israel wants to clear it out, to ethnically cleanse it. And the people who are staying there are staying there as a form of resistance, as our friend Rifat Alarir did and was killed for it. Um, most most of the homes, over 80% of the homes have been destroyed in northern Gaza and food is just not getting in. People are making flour with animal feed. And here is uh, Samantha Power, who is supposed to be in charge of the aid getting into Gaza. Here she is, basically throwing up her hands and saying there's nothing she can do. More than 500 trucks should be entering Gaza daily, Samantha Power says. In the past week, less than 85 a day managed to get through. Everything behind me here at this World Food Program warehouse of the United Nations in Jordan should be in Gaza to address what the World Food Program calls catastrophic levels of hunger. As power goes on. Aid workers are confronting extreme danger every day from IDF military operations, nice way of putting it, <laughs> to organized criminals and even desperate civilians increasingly overrunning trucks, and still they are working tirelessly to help those in need. So Samantha Powers declaring that she is powerless as the director of the United States Agency for International Development in charge of aid operations, working at a State Department, that uh, apparently she has no connection to, which could easily get this aid in if they wanted to. Yeah, here's one thing that Samantha Power could do. Uh, Tariq Kenny Shawa points this out. If Samantha Power was as concerned about starvation in Gaza as she looks in this photo, she'd notify Biden that Israel's restrictions on U.S. humanitarian aid deliveries violate the Foreign Assistance Act, render, rendering Israel ineligible for U.S. military assistance. So under U.S. law, Israel's blockade of humanitarian aid could actually cut off U.S. military support, which Samantha Power could invoke if she wanted to. But of course she won't because she's complicit in this genocide. She also could demand Israel stop firing on police escorts of these aid trucks. And because Israel was attacking police escorts, they were forced to stop. Um, you know, the, the Palestinian Red Crescent and the U.N. shut down their deliveries because they couldn't go in safely because they, they didn't have police escorts an, anymore after Israel shot at them. Yeah, I was watching the State Department briefing today with Matthew Miller, and Miller actually justified the blockage of aid on the grounds that Israel has the right to hold Hamas accountable. <sighs> and what he, what he meant was that, and he, he explained this, that Hamas police are escorting many of the aid trucks and preventing starving, starving people and looters from getting the aid because they're in charge in the Gaza Strip. Hamas is the police. Hamas is the health ministry. They were elected at one point. They ran the, ran the government. Who else is going to be the police? And so what he's saying is Israel has the right to bomb 
aid trucks that are being guarded by Hamas police. Hamas cannot be uh, out in the open and doing anything in any administrative capacity, according to the U.S. and Israel, which makes it impossible for any of the aid to get in, which therefore makes Samantha Power's entire mission impossible. And yet she refuses to quit her job or do anything except for this pathetic cry for help in her tweet. So the problem is Tony Blinken. The problem is that the State Department is letting Israel set the parameters. They could just tell the, they could just give the middle finger to Israel and say, we're going to send Samantha Power to Rafa and she's going to preside over the trucks getting in. <sighs> but they're not going to do that. And, you know, if you're complicit in a genocide, like which she knows, doesn't she at least want to just stay away from the limelight? Like how delusional do you have to be to post a photo op of yourself with your notebook? Like, what are you writing down in there? You know, like yeah. what are you taking inventory of all the aid that you're blocking from getting in? Well, yeah. I mean, it's not even her job to take inventory. So that's just fake. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's sort of a figurehead and a spokesperson. With a serious uh, look on her face. Like, again and again. Yeah. We like, you know, she's staring, she's staring off at what, like, uh, a car, like a like a carton that's not going to be delivered, and she's just gazing at that and just pretending look, to care. I mean, what, what does she expect us to think? Yeah, she's like maybe she's like uh, assigning the box, assigning the box to a new place. Like we're going to send this one to Juan Guaido. <laughs> we're going to send this one to Sudan. You know, a lot of the aid to Gaza has actually been uh, diverted to places like Sudan. Um, hey, let's send it to Congo where the M23, which is actually the Rwandan military, is instigating another genocide. And by the way, Rwanda is the Israel of Africa and we arm it to the teeth. And Paul Kagame is our great friend. Uh, you may even be good friends with Samantha Power. Let's just send them more weapons while we're at it. But the, I mean, Samantha Power's original kind of claim to credibility and being a sort of guru of the responsibility to protect humanitarian intervention world of liberal smart power comes from Rwanda, actually. Um, when she savagely critiqued Clinton administration officials like Susan Rice for not quitting their jobs and not raising a ruckus, not uh, condemning the leadership at the State Department, specifically the Clinton State Department, for failing to intervene in the genocide in Rwanda. And here she is doing something even worse, posing for a photo op. When she has covered up the death of a USAID contractor in Gaza, causing enormous anger, this was reported in the Washington Post by John Hudson, causing enormous anger inside USAID. Uh, and she has defended Israel's assault on Gaza to USAID employees who are angry. Yeah. So this is her response. And this is pathetic. Um, the U.S., other U.S. officials, they, they, they might, it sounds like something Samantha Power would say. So maybe she's saying this on background. Have gone, no thanks, Axios. Have gone to Axios and warned that Gaza is turning into Mogadishu. The Biden administration asked Israel to stop targeting members of the Hamas-run civilian police force, warning that a total breakdown of law and order is significantly exacerbating the humanitarian crisis 
In the enclave, three U.S. and Israeli officials told Axios. Um, well, that's not the message that we were getting from the State Department today. Maybe they're doing so privately. Why it matters. According to, this is uh, another article by um, Barak Ravid, who's actually an Israeli army reservist, as well as a top Washington access journalist. U.S. officials say they're increasingly concerned that Gaza's turning into Mogadishu as a security vacuum and desperation have opened the door for armed gangs to attack and loot aid trucks, putting even more pressure on the Strip's already strained humanitarian system. I love how they put that. They're not talking about famine or that people are dying and starving and eat, making flour with animal feed. They're just saying criminal gangs could, could take control. But there's a subtext here that I think is ironic. You know, Mogadishu, the capital of Somalia and the Horn of Africa, was once considered the most lawless and dangerous city in the world. Now, that's that's not quite it. What it is is that the U.S. militarily intervened in Mogadishu in a disastrous inter operation, which was recreated in this kind of racist Hollywood action film, Black Hawk Down, uh, where a Black Hawk troop transport was taken down, hostages were taken. And the reason they went in is because armed gangs were preventing uh, U.S. aid from reaching the Somali population. Okay, who's preventing the aid from reaching the population in Gaza? It isn't armed gangs in Gaza. It's Israel. And the U.S. is not going to military inter militarily intervene against Israel or do anything. And so that's the irony here is Israel is turning Gaza into Mogadishu with the U.S. help, with the U.S.'s help. And the U.S. is trying to uh, wash its hands of the whole situation of creating the worst humanitarian crisis that we've seen certainly since Syria, uh, arguably worse since it's so contained as such a small strip of land. Yeah. And people can't escape. Um you know, more evidence of this comes in uh, the terms of uh, the ongoing negotiations over an exchange of captives that have been happening in Paris. And one of the uh, provisions proposed by the U.S. was that if Hamas releases more captives, then more humanitarian aid will be allowed into Gaza. And that offer is an acknowledgement by the U.S. that Israel is blocking humanitarian aid. Yeah, yeah. Humanitarian aid should not be conditional. There's nothing conditional about humanitarian aid. You just, you have to deliver it. And so the fact that the U.S. is putting it as a bargaining chip is an acknowledgement that it's allowing Israel to block it. Yeah. I mean, what well, the U.S. is using it as well. I mean, this is Tony Blinken's diplomacy on behalf of Israel, which is he doesn't want a permanent ceasefire. The U.S. has openly endorsed, the Biden administration has endorsed Israel's objective of, quote, eradicating Hamas which U.S. intelligence has judged to be impossible. They've even found that 5,000 um, militants of the Al-Qassam brigades are operating in the north of Gaza, which Israel claims is an operational hold. And they're actually hitting Israeli military targets every day. But they won't allow a permanent ceasefire. So what they're doing, and you, if you watch the State Department briefing today, you would hear Matthew Miller say, Hamas is responsible for this starvation because it won't just accept the humanitarian uh, no, the humanitarian pause that we've put on the table because Hamas knows that once that pause is over, they will have relinquished their leverage by exchanging hostages 
or captives or prisoners of war. And then Israel can go back to bombing without anything holding them back. So they need a full ceasefire and the U.S. refuses to do it because the U.S. is working along the same political track as Israel. So they're using hunger as a weapon. The U.S. is using hunger as a weapon. The U.S. is weaponizing hunger and blaming Hamas and telling and using it to twist Hamas's arm until they accept Tony Blinken's terms. Then Blinken thinks that he can emerge as the broker of this amazing uh, pause or am amazing diplomatic feat, which simultaneously got the hostages out without allowing Hamas to remain in place. And that is a fantasy on top of a crime. Um, so it's, it's important to be clear about what the U.S. Is, is actually doing here and to parse the language that's being deployed at the State Department to see how criminal it truly is. They keep pushing this idea of a temporary ceasefire, a temporary ceasefire, as if somehow Hamas would, would accept that, that Hamas would basically accept releasing all of the captives only yeah. for the Israel to be able to resume its ethnic cleansing operation. That is the position of Netanyahu and Biden for all the re report, all the fake reports about a difference between Biden and Netanyahu. They're firmly in lockstep when it comes to the core aim of ethnically cleansing Gaza and leaving it uninhabitable for anybody who might remain because yeah. that's what destroying Hamas means. And that's why Netanyahu is talking about going into Rafa. Um, and he's saying, no matter what happens, we're going to go into Rafa. So um, it's inevitable unless the Biden administration can be pressured to drop its stance of unconditional support to Israel.